Hi, it's Mark Sisson. Welcome to the Primal Blueprint Podcast, where we deliver a variety of fresh content to help you live awesome. Enjoy the show. Engage with us online at marksdailyapple.com and on social media, and send your questions to info at primalblueprint.com. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Primal Blueprint Podcast. So excited to have Ashley Van Houten on the podcast today. You probably know her as the host of Paleo Magazine Radio. If you don't, get on that podcast, Paleo or not, because the guests are amazing. So are the conversations. I've been speaking and chatting with Ashley for a few years, and we got to meet recently at Paleo FX. She is a writer and editor for Paleo Magazine and just an incredible coach and incredible host. Welcome to the show, Ashley. Elle, thank you so much for being here, um, for having me. I'm so excited. And honestly, not to blow too much smoke up your butt, but this is a little <laughs> bit surreal for me because I, you're, so the Primal Blueprint podcast, and I guess Rob Wolf's podcast, were like the two that I first started listening to years and years ago when I just was getting into health and fitness and wellness and paleo and eating properly and like, I, I feel like if I hadn't listened to these podcasts, I probably wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today. So it's a pretty big deal for me to be here. It's very, very exciting. Oh, it's so great. And the other nice connection, we must have sort of come up around the same time because when I had already worked for Mark for a few years, but then I published my book and in that process contacted Paleo Magazine and you were the writer assigned to, you know, possibly do a review or, you know, check out that book. And at the time I had just completed the Primal Health Coach program that had just gotten launched. You must be one of the first people too in the world uh, certified in ancestral health, right? What's your number? <laughs> yes, yes. I was, I'm number 50 and I remember it. It was so exciting. The first time, one of the first times I got to talk to you was on the phone talking about this new primal blueprint certification and uh, Paleo Magazine let me take the course so that I could write about it. And it was like the first thing like it of its kind. It was super exciting. And, uh, and yeah, it was kind of crazy when you think about how small this world is that it actually took us as long as it did um, for us to meet in person, which was literally a couple weeks ago. But it was, it was awesome to actually like finally connect in real life. Right. And now they call it, they change it to Primal Health Coach. So anyone who's interested can go to primalhealthcoach.com. Um, it's an incredible coaching program. But let's talk about like how, so, you know, in speaking about your journey or getting on this program, first of all, if anyone were to see Ashley on her Instagram, which is Muscle Maven, or you can go to ashleyvanhouten.com. Uh, she's got a rockin' physique, really glowing. And Sometimes. Like a lot of people, it's just super inspiring as as. AF, let's just say that. So um, wherever you were before, I don't know where that was, but where the place you got to is pretty amazing. So I'd love to hear about uh, your journey with your body and health. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. Um, you know, I, I'm very fortunate and very lucky that I entered this world not from a place of, of um, ill health. Um, I've never really, knock on wood, had any kind of major issues around diet or, or health or autoimmune disease or anything like that. I basically, I just, as long as I can remember, I've always been into being strong and having muscles. And I guess I attribute that to my mom because she was always fit and strong, but I think she also kind of always encouraged uh, me to sort of be, I guess, the sort of strong-willed kind of person that I naturally was. Like, I remember being a kid in our backyard in the summer, and, you know, me and my siblings were playing in the sprinklers, and, she, and mom would tell us, like, okay, do your pose downs. And I'd do, like, my Arnold Schwarzenegger pose downs as, like, a six-year-old kid. Like, I was always into it. So I always liked to work out. And, wow. um, and you know, so when I got sort of old enough, when I was a teenager, I started working out in the gym and doing my sort of bicep curls and lat pull downs, which wasn't quite as common back then. I mean, I'm not an old lady, but it's, I feel like it's grown a little bit in the past like decade or two. Um, so yeah, I've always liked to work out. I was never really much of an athlete per se. Like I wasn't super good at team sports. Um, but I liked to be strong and I like to challenge myself physically. So I didn't really get to experience the the stuff that really worked for me until probably after high school. And that's when I got into CrossFit. And then from there, I was into um, powerlifting. And then I got into jujitsu. And then I got into bodybuilding. And I kind of just dabble in all Damn. those things. Now, yeah, it sounds like a lot. And it sounds kind of more impressive than it is. Because it's for me, like, I, I'm not somebody who gets really good at anything. I just like to try a lot of things. I, I feel like 
being well-rounded and letting your, your body and your mind kind of always be exposed to new things is really valuable, especially when you just, you just like, I know I'm just not, I was never going to be sort of the CrossFit Games champ. I was never going to be a UFC like superstar, but I can try all of these things and I can learn from them and enjoy them. And um, so, yeah. So- and, and be my bodyguard yeah, on yeah, travels. Hey. Like, why are you not my travel paleo buddy who's also my bodyguard who's going to kick some ass? I would totally take that job. I, it's that's, funny because I, I mean, that's like people should hire you for that. Yeah, that's hilarious. I would super be into it. Like I still, in, in my head, I kind of see myself as this like big, strong, like, scary, you know, athletic person when I'm not really that in real life, but it's, it's kind of good to, to feel that way about yourself. Right. So, um, you know, it is. And sometimes I feel that way about myself because I always had, um, side dreams of being like a professional athlete in my life, like many times. And so I do, I'll have fantasies, um, like in the pool when I'm swimming or like doing something, I'll just have a brief fantasy of like, Oh, that, what that life, like that would have been so much fun. I totally love that whole idea um, of being immersed in something like that. Yeah. And I, and I think also kind of the mindset that like, even if you can't be the best at something like do it anyway, because it's fun and you're going to learn. Like I, another kind of sidetrack that I got into fitness wise when I was in my early twenties is I ran a couple marathons with my stepdad who was a former, um, nationally ranked triple jumper and an athlete. And he was six foot six. And we decided to do this bonding thing together and and run a marathon. Cause of course you don't start with a 10 K you go straight to a marathon. But anyway, I mean, I am not built for running marathons and I sucked at it, but I learned so much about myself because it was so hard and it was so grueling and, uh, two was enough. I probably should have stopped at one to be honest, but, um, but they were such, they were such learning experiences. Like I don't regret trying or failing or attempting anything, even if I don't like it because you're, you're learning. Right. So, um, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that. And then I kind of, as I was getting, um, you know, into my twenties and, and I started caring about recovery and nutrition a little bit, cause inevitably that stuff starts um, mattering more as you get older. Starts to wear on yeah, you. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, um, my then boyfriend, now husband who has gotten me, basically he's the reason I'm into everything that I'm in. He got me into CrossFit, taught me about paleo. Like he just kind of gives me the info and then I run with it. So, um, yeah, he told me about paleo and it just made so much sense for me always. Like I kind of never looked back after that. Like I don't have any food sensitivities necessarily. Like I can digest dairy. I don't really have a problem with gluten except that I kind of get fat if I eat too much of it. But I just, from a, from a optimizing health perspective, the paleo primal approach just makes too much sense for me to ignore. So yeah. So I just, well, let me, let me ask you this about that. So here's the thing. Uh, I've had some people come to me who on the old paradigm of bodybuilding and training and eating, got themselves into a spiral downwards, right? Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> so that was a huge paradigm shift, I'm sure. I mean, how? tell everyone how you were training and eating before. Because, you know, that that old past stuff, I remember even then not feeling it was right when people were like, all right, well, before you work out, you do this. And then after, within 30 minutes. And I was like, that sounds all kinds of wrong. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And all that kind of like planning that is is not really any more applicable. Do you know what I mean? So can you give us a before and after? Because I'm sure there was a way that you were training and eating that was so different from what you're doing now. Yeah. I mean, I think before sort of pre-paleo, it was just kind of a complete lack of awareness or even caring because it's like, it's one of those things like when you're a teenager, you know, and you don't, luckily you don't have to deal with maybe weight issues or, or whatever. I just literally didn't even think about it. I was just like, there's food in the house. I'm going to eat this food. And then when I'm not hungry anymore, I'll stop eating it. And like, that was literally, that was literally it. I mean, I remember when we were training for the marathons, we did the whole classic like carb loading thing. And we were like crushing pancakes the day before we went out to run. Like I look back at some of this stuff. That's what I'm talking about. That stuff's like, you would never do that. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. But I think the the one thing I will say that's kind of interesting is that before I got into paleo and before I started learning how much I actually didn't know, there was almost kind of like a, a, I have like a nostalgia for that ignorance a little bit because I'm like, damn, like now every time I make a decision, I have so much information and knowledge, which I'm grateful for to, to make those decisions. But, but there was something about, I guess, I, I guess I consider myself really lucky too, that I was able to go through my teen years without a high degree of sort of, um, neuroticism about how I was eating. Like I really, 
and now looking back at, at, at some young people who they struggle so much and, and think so much about what they eat. And I, I just feel so lucky that I didn't have that, that problem. And I was able to kind of just educate myself and improve my health based on, on interest rather than necessity or, or, you know, mental health, health issues, yeah. you know? Yeah. Well, you caught, you caught it before stuff spiraled down, you know, yeah. you would have probably caught up to you at some point and, um, you know, you, did a great shift. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I'm still, still working on it. That's the, that's the whole point. But I think the other interesting thing was with the, the bodybuilding side of it, which is obviously a very, um, niche kind of diet and approach to training. I, I did that years after I got into paleo, which is kind of an interesting perspective because a lot of people don't necessarily go that route. And I also started it when I was old enough that, I kind of knew what I wanted to get from my fitness goals and I kind of felt comfortable in my own skin before going into it. Um, so I didn't really have to struggle too much with the dysfunctional um, side that can come from the bodybuilding prep and diet thing. Like I think I went into it about as healthy as a person can. Um, so yeah, I just kind of approach all of these projects like as a learning experience, you know, whether I fail or I love it or I'm good at it or I'm not, it's just about what you can learn about yourself while you're doing it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's talk about paleo magazine radio and your kick-ass booth at paleo FX. I was like, I walked in, I was like, Oh my God, that was so awesome. <clears throat> you guys can see a photo on my Instagram yeah. with Ashley and I, but you guys had this great beautiful backdrop setup. You had like a couple mics and headphones. You were like live recording. I mean, that was, I was like, Oh my God, that's so much fun. It was just so great. And it was great to meet you. I mean, we, we were able to also, uh, hang out a little bit at the speaker dinner together. Yeah. And I want to talk about that for a second, Yeah. but let's talk about your podcast. Um, you've been doing this now for how long? And I mean, you've been with paleo magazine for, for many, many years. So, yeah. uh, how, how this, uh, Tell us about it. Yeah. So I've been writing for the magazine since uh, almost, I guess, since they started. Um, it was kind of a cool story. I was doing um, my master's degree in communications because that's that's like my um, my academic background is, is marketing and communications and writing and things like that. And I had a uh, class on publishing and I had to do a case study on a magazine. And this was just when I was getting into paleo and I had learned about the magazine. So I think it was around 2012. And I reached out to Kane, who's the editor in chief. And I said, Hey, can I, can I write about and learn about your magazine? Um, and he was kind enough to respond and let me, um, you know, talk to him and learn. And, and so we kind of established a relationship from that. And then Shortly thereafter, I was living in New York and uh, the first sort of paleo restaurant, it's called Hugh Kitchen. I don't know, Elle, if you've been there, but it's awesome and it's still there. And no, but I'm going. going oh, you got to go. <laughs> it's really, really good. Anyway, they had just opened and Kane needed somebody to write about the opening of this restaurant. And I was like, hey, remember me? I'll do it. And that was kind of the, the that's like the rest is history. Like I just have been sort of um, convincing Kane to let me do more and more for the magazine. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's, yeah, me too. Yeah. 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 Right? Same thing with Mark, right? You're like, hey. It's such a great publication because it's it's like one of the first of its kind. It's it's trusted. It's legit. It has great content, but it's also small enough that like you know the people that are working for this magazine. You know the faces behind it, and they these people really respond to you. Like when you reach out on social media, um, Paleo Magazine social media, that's me talking to you. When you reach out about the podcast, I'm gonna answer you. Like if you talk to me on Instagram, I will absolutely talk to you and answer you. And Kane is great about that stuff too. Like it's such a, it's such a great team and I'm so such a family feel. It yeah. really, really is. And I'm so happy to be a part of it. And it's every year at Paleo FX is like more and more fun for me because I get to, I know more people and more people know me and I get to kind of interact with people, um, more than I, than I do like the year before. And like this time I got to moderate some panels. And as you said, I got to podcast from the booth when you were one of the guests. So when that episode comes out, you're going to have to help me share it. Cause I chatted with you too. Um, but that was fun. it's such, it's such a great show because it's just everybody that they're all enthusiastic and happy and inspired and want to learn and want to help other people. And you're all in one place. So whether you are into all the same things or whether you're even fully on board with paleo or not, just being around that many positive, energetic, like optimistic people is amazing. And 
you know, I'm an introvert. So like, I can only take this stuff in bursts. Like I, you know, after, after paleo effects, I think I like hid by myself for three days straight and like didn't talk to anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Which is necessary. But at the time, like it was just, it's like humbling and exciting to just be around all these people. And people were coming up and telling me that they liked the podcast and that they sort of enjoyed it. And, and that's such a big deal to me because again, I'm, I'm, I'm relatively new to this. Like I've only been uh, hosting for, I guess about a year and a half. Um, the podcast has been around a little bit longer than that. Tony Federico, um, was Love Tony. Uh, yeah. Love Tony. Tony and Tony did a great job. And, and I remember people sort of at the beginning being like, yeah, when I saw there's a new host, I was not into it, but you won me over. And I'm like, that's the best compliment I could get. <laughs> you know, people don't yeah. change, right? Like you're used to a podcast and then change switches, switches hosts. And you're like, oh, this is going to suck. Um, so yeah. Hey, I mean, like they had Mark Sisson and then I, you know, he got too busy and it was like, here you do it. I'm sure people were like, oh really? You gotta be kidding me. Right. Uh, <laughs> but people, you know, yeah, hopefully. Over. I mean, you know, we're, we're all sharing the same message and it is, um, I mean, not that I'm a prophet of Marxism, but I do really know how the, he thinks about things within this world because I am constantly, uh, talking to him, listening, watching all of his interviews, seeing every, everything that, that he, and also Brad Kearns is doing. So, you know, the, the link between the three of us, it, I feel, you know, it, it's just so fun to be able to, to spread his message and and you guys have been so supportive of us. <clears throat> and of course, we advertise in your magazine, but just supportive of... That's the thing. Let's talk about that a little bit. So let's talk about the humbling experience of Paleo FX. Now, I did a whole show with Brad Kearns, and we talked about a little wrap-up show uh, for Paleo FX and went through some of the stuff. But I want to hear some of your highlights of either, you know, attendees you met or a story you heard uh, that, that moved you. Yeah. Um, I mean... <laughs> There's so much, honestly. Well, the dinner, so the the speaker's dinner was a big deal for me because, again, like, you know, a few years ago, I am looking at, because whenever you're in, like, whatever world you're in, whether it's bodybuilding or paleo or, like, marathon running or whatever, the people that are big authorities in that world are celebrities to you, right? Like, it sounds corny, but it's it's the truth. And so, for years, Rob Wolf and Mark Sisson and you and yeah. Chris Cresser and all of these people, like, you guys are celebrities to me. And flash forward a couple years later, I'm, like, eating avocado at a table with Mark Sisson, like, talking about ultimate frisbee and I'm like what is going on here like and I just I just have to like pinch myself I I, I had I had tripped out moments too by the way right? avocado I love that they served like half open avocados ready Dude. to just spoon out that was part of the that was like that was such a great pro move so delicious so good and like you know flash forward an, an hour later and like I'm on the dance floor with Sarah Ballantyne and I'm just like I yeah you got to pinch yourself like the fact that I get to I get to be around people that are this smart and this influential and that I get to to, to learn from them and then pass that information along to other people. Like that is my entire sort of reason for being right now. So being able to hang out with folks and, and kind of get past the level two of like the formal interviewer interviewee kind of thing and get to know people as people is like a really big deal. Um, so that was amazing. Um, also I got to be like on a couple podcasts, um, this year that was kind of exciting. The, uh, barbell shrug guys, um, were at the nice. show and uh, I got to connect with them and they are just such like cool, nice, friendly dudes. It was, it was really fun. And again, like some of these podcasts that I've been listening to religiously for years, being able to, to connect with them on that level is like a super big deal. Um, and, uh, yeah. And then just kind of meeting and meeting people who are like Instagram friends with you, right? Like I have so many people that I, I talk to on Instagram all the time, as corny as that sounds. And we got to meet and hang out in person at Paleo FX and talk. And I know, isn't that so fun? Yeah. Like, cause yeah. you forget, it's like this, you know, I lo- I'm grateful for Instagram and I'm grateful for social media, um, period. But you do forget when that's your main mode of communication with people that it really is a pretty like flat one dimensional, uh, way to communicate and being able to see people in real life. It's just so much richer and it just, it gives you a different feeling than communicating on social media. So, um, yeah, I just, I just feel so lucky to be a part of it every year. Well, and you know, you mentioned, uh, which probably struck people as being, uh, crazy for a second was when you said that you were an introvert. Um, and here's the thing though, I, I, I totally identify with the dual abilities, right? The, the totally being fine, you know, out there in the public, but also really 
needing to retreat and be private too. Like not always that way. It's really a 50, 50 sometimes. And so it's funny because, you know, when we're podcasting, yeah, I mean, it's to, to so many people, but we're, we're doing it alone with ourselves. Right. You know I mean? The, the actual act is not, um, so it's not that we forget there's people out there, right? It's, it's not at all. It's that we can't tangibly <laughs> get to you. Right. It's like, so when you meet, meet these people in person and able to connect, it's so nice. Um, Mm-hmm. And, and makes it all so worth it. I don't think we, you know, it's it's not always, I guess, necessarily helpful to like super box yourself in by saying I'm an introvert or I'm an extrovert or whatever. But I, yeah, think, sure. I do think it's really helpful to kind of gain an understanding about where you're coming from and what helps you recharge and what gives you energy. Because I, I actually struggled with this for a really long time, um, sort of in university and in my early 20s when I was starting my career, because I always thought, you know, I loved communications was my thing. Like that was what I did before I went into journalism. And I'm really, you know, I think one of my, my skills is talking to people and interacting with people and connecting with people. And so I think I'm really good with people and that combined with being an introvert and needing to get away from people very viscerally kind of, they kind of rubbed against each other, right? Like I thought like, well, how, how can I be this good communicator and how can I be, you know, good with people quote unquote, and yet I'll go out to like a mixer or an event or something. And like, all I'm thinking in my head is like, get me out of here. I want to be alone in my hotel, (laughs) you know? So it took me a while to really kind of reconcile that you can be both. Right. And that, and that also, that's right. And I've been there and I've had that thought and, um, and the other thing too is that think about the energy though it does to take to be in in that sphere. But then you need to just kind of recharge, like you said. And I didn't used to recharge and kind of honor that as much as I do now, especially knowing about right. uh, what I do with health and everything else. And you know, just got more into the mind, body, spiritual stuff. Uh, you know, I want <clears throat> to mention something about paleo effects, and this kind of relates back to your podcast and uh, is the variety of people, paleo or not, eighty twenty doesn't matter. People, they're seeking health answers, answers, health, searching, perseverance. I mean, really humbling and sometimes heartbreaking. You know, I had some very cheerful moments with people that, you know, and, and, and got back to my hotel room a couple of times and shed some tears over some of the stories because it was just like, oof, but I couldn't cry at the time because my makeup was on. I was about to go on a panel, right? <laughs> right. Like, oh, just keep blinking. Yeah. Yep, keep blinking. Yeah. <laughs> and there was a lot of that. And, you know, people uh, met a lovely woman who had uh, MS and w- was walking a bit, but was using her wheelchair, certainly as uh, her level of mobility and her, uh, the guy with her had Hashimoto's and You know, they had come to this thing, I think, for the first time and just, you know, people exploring and getting into it and then reaching outside and going and showing up in an event like this, um, you know, and that just goes back to perseverance and goes back to how we want to just widen this community. It's just, you know, right. No one's judging you and you don't have to do CrossFit to do paleo. I've been saying that for a hundred years. Right. Okay. No, let's cut that association. Okay. There's (laughs) in terms of one equals the other. So let's talk about, I want to hear your opinion on, on broadening it up, because I think people find it too culty or whatever, but it's it's welcoming in the sense that it is forward thinking on all of the latest, greatest health stuff aligned with our DNA. Ashley, get into it. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the, there's upsides and downsides, obviously, to um, having a very, like, sort of um, SEO-friendly name or, like, a trendy kind of name, like paleo or keto or whatever. There's ups and downs to it, right? Um, But I think that one of the the positives, certainly in our sort of age of information, is that we are moving away from a um, do what the authorities tell you to a learn for yourself, empower yourself, educate yourself, um, connect with people who can help you and that, that are positive and that have information. Um, but it's really like a personalized, um, empowered kind of approach to health and fitness. So, you know, it's not too long ago. And I know there's, there's certainly still, um, pockets in the world that are like this, where it's like, okay, I feel this way. I'm going to go to the doctor, whatever they say, I'm going to do it. Or, you know, I'm going to go on Instagram and see the fittest person that's out there. I'm going to do exactly what they're doing. Um, there is still that kind of siren song to just like follow what other people are doing, but there's so much information that you can take and use to experiment on yourself and to ask questions and, and to try and, and discard and then try something else. And that's what paleo effects is so great for. 
and even, you know, Mark Sisson with some of the sort of evolutions of, of some of his messages over like the last few years is it's not about a dogmatic sort of approach. Like we love to, to learn new things and get super zealous about it. Right. But hopefully once you kind of pass that, that really enthusiastic hump of like, everything's got to be hundred percent paleo or everything's got to be CrossFit or whatever, you start to think, okay, well, these are some general terms that make a lot of sense. And I'm going to start to apply some kind of specific stuff and then try some different things. And, and that's what paleo FX has been. And that's what all of these, these authorities are. I think a lot of them are echoing on panels and things like that is personalized approach to health and wellness. Like one, one, you know, size fits all is not, is not applicable. So I think that's, what's exciting. And I'm trying to do that with my podcast. And I know you guys are doing the same thing. It's like keto isn't for everybody. You know, AIP isn't for everybody eating white potato isn't for everybody, but we can kind of, we can just relax and kind of open up and try things and see what works for us. And it's not going to look the same for everybody. And that's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, uh, yeah, well said. And, you know, speaking of Mark and and even Rob, uh, I, he's always been right. Even from day one, Mark was always like, look, even if all you can do is 80, 20, right. He's given, it's like, or, Hey, let's look at this as a lifestyle, right. You know, yeah. Live awesome. Do what you want to do. Play. He's been so more in that arena of being more open and fluid, right? Hey, don't be testing blood all the time with ketones unless, like, it's a serious medical arena. Um, You know, and lighten it up, you know. I mean, on the keto pan, it's like sometimes, you know, I say, like, you got to eat an apple. And also, just, I mean, let's just think about this. Nobody was carving macros into a cave, okay? This was not not an activity. Right. Uh, so what does that say? It says it was an intuitive situation, and when it couldn't be because of inavailability of food, uh, it was then probably fat fat and protein or fat or whatever or nothing, and then ketones. So I like the fluidity, and, you know, we would have happened upon a blueberry patch or something. So it's just like any strict approach. Now, I, I do, and I'm sure you would agree, First six weeks, yeah. If you don't know what you're doing, look at how many carbs are in stuff. Of course, yeah. Check check it. Take a look. How much protein I'm eating? Oh, damn, that steak. That's 800 calories for that steak. Oops, didn't even, right? That's important. But then after that, it's like, let it go, you know, or just try to be more intuitive because I think that's the game here, right? Yeah, and I mean, I, I get the the seeking perfectionism. Like, I have some type A tendencies. L, I'm pretty sure you do too. A lot of Surprise. us do. A lot of us do. <laughs> yeah. um, but, you know, you also have to, it's something that comes, I almost think some of it comes from sort of age and experience and wisdom is like knowing that, you know, seeking perfection can be a little bit of a problematic approach and that really it's, it's finding balance that's the hardest part because if someone gives you 10 rules and you have to follow them absolutely, that's almost easier than saying, here are some general guidelines, but you got to make, make it work for you so that you have the best balance of enjoyment of life and health and vitality and, you know, all of that stuff. That's a lot harder than just like following blindly somebody, somebody's rules. Right. So, um, it's kind of a different way to look at it that, you know, we have all this information. Um, now it's your job to kind of take it and do what you will with it. Right. I love that. I want to get into some real specific questions about building muscle for women. Mm-hmm. So where do we start? <laughs> right. Uh, my, well, no, I, yeah, I'll, I'm going to get in there. It's one of my favorite topics. So here's the thing. So been doing that a long time, but n- no, by no means no half as much as you, you know, Mark and Brad would about this kind of thing. But here's the thing. So I have an injury that prevents me from pull-ups and push-ups and things that use my full body weight. Okay. I can't do it. Um, so there's a limitation there. Um, but aside from me personally, in general, um, in the process of other people who are maybe just starting, it's always confusing as to, um, if I'm, even if it's a natural movement with hand weights, let's talk about hand weights for a second. Um, whether it's like three, five, eight, ten, whatever, do, what's the protocol in terms of like sets and reps kind of idea? how many days a week? And then also gradually keep going up in weight. Do you have to like, do you know, like, I'd love to hear a little foray into how to think about this. Cause yeah. anyone can go and look online and see hand weight motions, right? We can all go and like figure out, Oh, that's a bicep curl. Okay. Got it. That's a shoulder press that that's all easy to find out, but it's, it's navigating 
You know what I mean? Yeah. How to go about building and make. So forget the diet for a minute. Let's talk about literally at the gym, I've got the hand weights. What do I do? Yeah. This is like a question that I love just because I'm still like such, and I say it on Instagram, but I'm such a meathead. Like I love being in the gym and I love lifting weights and just having like iron bells all around me. I love it. Um, so this is super fun for me. But I think one of the, the key things to think of initially is, again, not to maybe obsess over do I do eight to 10 reps or four to six or 15 to 20 or whatever, but it's about effort. It's about effort because, and this is a generalization, so I don't want a bunch of fit um, chicks to be angry at me, but from spending a lot of time in, in Globo <laughs> gyms, it tends to be a lot of times that dudes like overestimate how strong they are. They're the ones putting like 500 pounds on the on the bar and not being able to hack it. And then it's women that are kind of underestimating what they can do. And they, you know, do 500 reps with like a 10 pound dumbbell and like they look like they aren't even paying attention to what they're doing. So, and, and, and also people who don't have a lot of background in athletics or being in the gym kind of don't even know what it, what that effort is supposed to feel like, right? So they don't know, like, is this burning feeling in my muscles like an injury? Is it bad? Or am I supposed to not really be that tired or sweaty because I'm only lifting weights? And so I think I think a lot of it is perceived perceived effort and how hard you're working. So if you're trying to build up your shoulders and you can, you can, there's, there's endless ways to do that. Of course, like things like pull-ups and push-ups and handstand push-ups and all that stuff's cool, but there's nothing wrong with some machines. There's nothing wrong with, um, typical bodybuilding isolation exercises. If you have that specific goal, but it's, you should be, you should be pushing yourself so that it's, it's, difficult, really difficult. So whatever you're... And difficult by when? Like by what rep would be appropriate? Clearly like the second one, meh, maybe that's too heavy, right? right like right, if right. I can't lift it. Yeah. So so what should be my thought? Around yeah. That? I mean, I think like, and I'm even guilty of this too. Sometimes when I'm phoning it in, I'll be doing like say 10 to 12 rep scheme, like three to four sets of 10 to 12 reps. And I'll just pick a weight that I know I can do. And it's like a little bit tired at the end, but like, that's not really cutting it. Like you want to do, if you're doing say 10 reps, you want like the last few to be like a slog, like they're hard. And again, this is with safety in mind. So if you're using like sure. free weights, proper form. yeah, you, that's, that's important. If you can't do something at proper form, then you need to go down in weight, but you should, your 10th rep should not be pretty much as easy as your first and second rep. It should be a struggle. And then you should give yourself enough time. And these things become intuitive when you're in there for a while. You don't want to be sitting around on your phone for five minutes, but you don't want to wait 10 seconds either. Give yourself some time. So the lactic acid flushes out and you feel like, you know, your heart rate's back down. Do it again. Do a couple, a couple sets until you really feel the, the tiredness in that muscle that you're, that you're working on. But I think it's, yeah, it's about how, how much of an effort it is. Like when I'm done a, a back day, like the muscles in my back are tired and I don't want to do it anymore. And that's how I know I'm done. And then of course, with that too, another thing that a lot of type A people, and again, myself too, have a hard time with is the recovery side of it. Because, and especially in bodybuilding, it's like, you got to Cause work, you want to do it every day. Yeah. yeah. And you got to work out six days a week to maximize the time. You got to hit certain body parts, like a couple days a week, whatever. It's like, if you're, if whatever body part you're working is still sore, you should absolutely, absolutely not be doing it again. I had like today, I wanted to go to the gym today and work legs. And I did something a couple days ago and I'm still sore. And I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'll go for a walk instead. And that is my age and wisdom showing through because a couple years ago, I probably would have done the whole, you know, hashtag hard work, push, push through it, it kind of thing. But that doesn't, it really doesn't help. And one kind of cool thing that I've learned since um, my last bodybuilding show was, was two years ago now. I haven't done one since. And I drastically reduced the volume of the work that I was doing. And of course, a lot of people would think like, oh, I'm immediately going to lose my muscle mass and I'm not going to be as strong. And of course, that's not the case. Of course, it's not. I'm still in the gym three to four times a week. I'm working, again, it's the effort. I'm working hard when I'm in there, but I don't have to do shoulders and biceps twice a week. And I don't have to do legs two to three times a week. I'm going in there and doing things intuitively and working hard. And I, I'm pretty sure I'm still gaining muscle. Like it's hard to say, but I, I feel pretty good about it. So anyway. Yeah, no, I mean, back to the speaker dinner in your amazing red <laughs> bodysuit dress. Overdressed myself. That, no, not at all. No, not at all. But I'm also just like very, very few people pulling that off in this world. So, I appreciate uh, that. <laughs> That's, that's why, that's why I'm asking your advice on, no, I do need to maximize my gym situation. And 
you know, after a while, you know, it kind of gets to be a phone in. Even if you switch up stuff, you're still, you can still phone in certain things. And I think it's just important that message of, um, having it be hard and also resting. Like sometimes, you know, wanting to get something over with. So going right into that second rep or, you know, I mean, it's set. So, uh, you know, I like the idea that you just said, you know, Hey, chill out. Don't be 10 minutes, but wait. And, and, and that's really important. Yeah. There's a, there's a tough balance too, between like y- you, you should be doing things you want to do. Like if you don't like lifting weights and you hate every moment that you're in there, you might need to find something else. You might need to find some other weight bearing activity, whether it's, I don't know, like some kind of crazy like spin class or Zumba or something. Or if you, you hate jogging outside, like don't jog outside, like go lift some weights, like find something that you like to do. But then there's also the piece about making movement, whatever that movement is that you decide you like making that an integral part of your life rather than like this extra thing you have to do. Because for me, you know, as somebody who's been working out since I was like old enough to ever know about it. So like in my mid teens, I started like really working out. It was always just a part of my life, like brushing my teeth and going to bed every night. Like it's not, and that's not to say I have to do it every day, but that it's, it is a part of my life. I don't have to make the decision every day. Like, should I go to the gym or is there a spin class? I guess I can look one up and see if I can go. Like, is somebody else going to go with me? Cause I don't really want to go by myself. Like, it's just something I do. I just work out. I move my body. And that way you don't have to rely on motivation, which waxes and wanes, right? And it's not the best way to, to stick to a goal is relying on your motivation only because come on now. Um, so it's, Oh yeah. Listen, I have fought myself all the way from home to the car, to the car, to the gym, to the gym, to the pool, to the putting on the bikini, to the like, no, to the feet in the water, to the like, no, screw it. I'll just do five minutes. Damn it. No, I'm going to go back in the locker room. I mean, I have totally, but you know what? I always end up swimming or I always end up doing it. Yep. But so it's not to say that there isn't major days of no motivation. Right. And I don't mean no motivation based on your sore. Yes, take a rest. I'm not talking about overdoing it, but I'm talking about, you know, just look, we're human too. Um, <clears throat> and so, you know, sometimes it is a fight, but it's a, it's just something I do. Mm-hmm. I brush my teeth. I, right. You know, I, and I work out yep. and that's just what I do. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of have to adopt it as that's part of who you are. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's weird. Cause it's kind of contradictory. Cause at one point I'm saying like, don't do anything you don't want to do. And on the other side, I'm saying like, suck it up and go move your body. Cause it's good for you. <laughs> but you know, there, there's like a happy medium. Gotta there. start somewhere. Yeah. Right? It'll become fun. It'll become, it, thing is it's an act as if. You have to go do it at first and it's going to suck until a couple weeks in of consistency. And then you're like, I really like this, (laughs) you know, but it's like any adjustment, getting off sugar, you know, being carbohydrate dependent, moving to this paradigm. I mean, it's the same thing. First couple of weeks are going to suck. They might, you know, Um, but it's a commitment and then it becomes sort of a natural thing where regardless of motivation, it's part of your life. Absolutely. Yep. You said it. Uh, um, Let's, uh, I want to get into like your coaching and talking about how people can work with you and how you're um, helping people get, you know, healthier. Yeah. So first of all, thank you for letting me be one of the first primal health coaches, because um, I have learned so much from it. I've used it um, for myself, for my family when they ask me, because I learned early on not to try to push this stuff on people. But I feel like <laughs> I, I just like knowing it myself, I've been able to pass along the information to so many people. And I'm, I'm so grateful for it. And it's such an amazing program. If anybody listening is thinking about doing it, whether you want to be a coach or not, because I didn't even coach people for the first maybe two or three years after I after I got the certification, that was really strictly for myself. Um, yeah, my brother did it just for the knowledge and the incredible education that exactly. it was for his own personal life. Exactly. I mean, he had no intention of coaching coaching. So yep. if you're interested in this topic, yeah. 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 And I mean, the resources that you get and they keep building on it and keep adding to it and it's fantastic. So everybody should take it. Um, but I, it's one of the things that I'm kind of growing into a little bit more now is this sort of one-on-one coaching. Um, and I'm, I'm learning a lot. I've got a couple, uh, clients and it's, it's something that basically I just feel like I'm in such a privileged position, you know, as the podcast host working with paleo magazine, I have access to so much knowledge. And, and I think like talking to people like Mark Sisson and um, Chris Cresser and Sarah Ballantyne, all these super, super smart people who are giving us so much good information. It's teaching me that I will probably never be 
<laughs> that that smart or that knowledgeable, but I have access to these people and I can gather this information and put it together in a way that is helpful to other people. And that's, that's what I want to be is a conduit and a support system for people. And I think that's a lot of what health coaching is because a lot of this information and not to downplay the resources and the information that, that health coaches can give, cause there's a lot, but a lot of it is out there already, you know, and it's, it's about a health coach's job largely, I think is to provide a support system, um, and to package this kind of information in a way that is useful to people and not necessarily overwhelming and is incremental. And, um, and yeah, so that's, that's really what I'm like trying to do is just be sort of that conduit between like the really smart people and the people who need, need that information. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm having a lot of, I, I, sorry, I, I'm thinking, you know, I know over the years, well, first of all, so true, your access as well. And your conversations you've had with all these people and, and myself as well, so privileged to <clears throat> be mentored by these people. It's just uh, learning so much from them. Yeah. What are some of the, I'd love to hear, you know, the common objections to paleo, friends, family, whatever, uh, over the years, right? So let's go through some of the, some of the zingers you've gotten. Yeah. It's like the same stuff. And I, I, I don't want to sound like I'm like over it and jaded because I guess I just like, I've tried, I've had some people, this is actually one of the biggest challenges for me as a, as a coach is people who, who come to you with questions and obviously a certain amount of motivation to learn and to change things in their life that aren't working. But then when they hear maybe what it takes or they get a sense of what, what they really have to do, they're like, Oh yeah, no F that. I'm not definitely not doing any of that stuff. And it sucks because, you know, when you just want to help people <laughs> yeah. and, and so anyway, I went from initially being somebody who was like, oh, this is awesome. I'm going to tell everybody about it, which is obnoxious. Um, and so I, I try not to do that anymore and wait for people to kind of come to me. I just try to like live the best life that I can. And if people are interested in, in hearing what I'm doing or, or if they have some questions, I'm happy to give them answers um, and have people because that's that's like the first step, right? When they come to you, generally, there's like a higher level of interest than when you're just talking at somebody that you think you can help. Right. Um, but I mean, I, you know, it's like the same old uh, objections that like, I can't, I can't give up ABC or, you know, just co- like actual sort of, um, wrong information. Like, is this Atkins? Is this carnivore? Um, is, isn't all that like cholesterol <laughs> bad for you or whatever. And like a lot of it is good. There's so much information now that you can just straight up say, go read this post from Mark Sisson or go read Sarah Ballantyne's book or whatever. It's like straight up just going to give you facts that will help you. Um, but yeah, I mean, at this point, I think it's just, you got to wait for people to be ready and then you give them the information that they're asking for and, and just be the support that they need and, and meet them where they are. That's the other, the other challenge that I had, because again, being a type A person, when I have a new goal, I want to like attack, attack and like do everything at once. And, you know, I kind of had a little bit of that with some of my clients where they're so motivated and they're so excited and they want to fix their food and their workouts and their sleep and they're all this stuff. And I'm like, okay, here's all that information. And, and you can't, that's a little bit much right at once. So, you know, to, to make, um, long standing changes in your lifestyle, sometimes that has to happen incrementally and one at a time. And sometimes other things have to sort of fall in priority for other things to be a priority. And the patience that that takes on both the coach's side and the client's side is um, not something to be underestimated. Patience is a massive, massive part of improving your health. Um, And I think that's a part maybe people don't talk about a lot because- I'm really glad you brought that up. Yeah. Let's keep going with that because- you know, actually, particularly with people with thyroid issues, because mm. there's there's got to be course correction of some point, right, of some kind, whether it's the natural course correction, which will take inevitably at least six to eight weeks, if, you know, um, and then there's potential getting on thyroid hormones, right? And then that's a process because you can't just get to your optimal dose in like a week. It's not like you just don't take like the first pill and it's like, there you go. Bye-bye. Yeah. So, yeah. so it's a process and that process could be a few months. And the, the continual frustration of people of like, when can I work out again? When am I going to lose the weight? Listen, I was that person too. It is so difficult. And I didn't listen to the patients and I took 18 steps backward for everyone I took forward. And I learned all the shitty lessons <laughs> um, and got adrenal fatigue twice. And you know what? Because it's, it's so difficult to have the patience, but that is literally something that I talk about with most people when I'm dealing with thyroid uh, uh, sufferers yeah. is, is, it's going to happen, but you got to just chill. It, the need to want to go, go, go 
and do, do, do on every level can be also a stress to the body and inflammatory. Absolutely. And you know, right. And when you're in certain disease states or you're coming from something really bad, like, you know, prediabetes, you got to take it easy. Yep. Yep. And we all, all of us have that little voice in our heads thinking, well, yeah, other people, it takes this long or for other people, they need this patience, but I'm going to just, I'm just, I can, I can push through it and I can do it faster. And I can, you know, and we're not, no, none of us are that person. Like we all, I tell every, pretty much every client I have in some way or another, I hope tactfully that like, whatever your goal is, it's going to take longer than you think it's going to like, however long you think it's going to take, trust me, it will take longer than that. But that's why, and that's why we aren't all, you know, the picture of personal health, because a lot of people get frustrated and give up right before the change was going to happen. So it's that persistence. It's that consistency and persistence that matters more than almost any other sort of specific thing. And like, so I don't, in my, with my, so far, I'm not dealing with people who have very specific kind of chronic um, issues. You know, if someone came to me with thyroid problem, I would send them to you. If someone came to me with like really specific, you know, autoimmune issues, there are people that I could, I could, um, send them to like for me so far, what, who I work with is somebody that's kind of like the every person like me, because a lot of the, a huge majority of people who are in this community, luckily, and thankfully, don't have sort of major specific chronic issues. They're just people who are kind of either stuck or lost or need a little bit of guidance or something. And and I think one of the things that I've learned from going to Paleo FX for years and from listening to these great podcasts and reading these books is that, you know, it doesn't take necessarily a scientist or a doctor or a super high level in-depth kind of um, genius to sort you out. It takes it takes the basics, you know, the basics that Mark Sisson has been talking about for years. And those basics, again, are simple. They're not easy, but they're simple. And they need to be just reiterated and they need to be implemented consistently. And you sometimes need a helping hand to get you to you know, take the step from it being something you're, you're thinking about all the time, something that's part of your life. So whether it's just improving your sleep, working on stress management, like trying to make better choices when you can about food, like things like that, they're simple. Like that, that information isn't secret, you know, but people still need help. Like when I am undertaking certain goals, whether they're body composition or athletic goals, I get a coach. I have all this information, but I pay a coach because I want somebody to kind of be in my corner saying, Hey, remember, remember this thing you're supposed to be doing, keep doing that. Like people need, people need help. So, and that's what I'm trying to do. No, I love it. And, and it's, it's just so great to have a a paleo primal buddy that you can, you know, and if you don't have one, you got to get one because you might be the only one in your family or the only one doing it. And listen, you know, there are a lot of attendees there that you could tell drove up from somewhere and you could just tell nobody around them was talking what they were talking about, but they had something they had to deal with health wise and they got to that event because they needed a community. They needed to someone, a buddy. They need people to talk to that were speaking this language they were learning. You know what I'm saying? And so that's that's like the other benefit as well. And, you know, of course, being held accountable. But it's it's great to check in and be able to also be excited about one's progress um, and talk to someone about it and keep learning as you're going. Because um, there's so much to learn. Like you said, you know, there's just too much to learn. You could never fit in an hour of coaching. Um but, but enough where you can get people started. And, you know, again, like talking about the multifaceted things that people want to fix all at once, the one thing anyone can do, and it would take willpower for a couple of weeks if you're a sugar addict, but is, is what you put in your mouth. You can just start there. You don't have to change your schedule. No excuses yep. on that. Right. There's, that's the one thing. And, um, and definitely can help you with that. How can we, first of all, let's talk about your podcast. So tell us where we can hear you interview these awesome guests and how we can find you. We'll of course put all of your social media tags and everything in the show notes to to connect with you there, but let us know, like, what are you doing online in the social media world? Cause you're, you're active in a lot of areas. Yes, yes, yes. So Paleo Magazine Radio is the podcast and you can get that on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, anywhere you listen to podcasts. And my my quick little sort of um, elevator pitch for this podcast, I mean, I suppose we're, you know, anyone listening to your podcast is kind of already a captive audience. But my, my goal um, as I get more and more comfortable being a podcast host is to really expand um, my range of topics and my range of guests so that it's not 
not necessarily strictly paleo all the time. Like I have, I certainly get awesome guests that are talking paleo stuff. Like just this week we have Sarah Ballantyne talking about her new book, which is incredible. Um, getting you on the podcast soon to talk about your book. Like I, you know, there's a lot of great paleo knowledge, but I'm trying to get some people who are really just kind of maybe, um, people that we wouldn't necessarily expect to hear from in this world, but are, ta- are doing, you know, innovative things or, or creative things with health and fitness. Like I've got some, um, musicians, um, I've got like supplement, uh, companies I've got, like I've had the, um, carnivore diet guy on the podcast talking, which is nice. quite interesting. I've got, um, Jeff Warren, who is a meditation expert who co-wrote uh, meditation for fidgety skeptics coming up. Um, I've got MMA fighters who are talking about their training and how they lean out and how they eat while they train for such a crazy sport. Um, so yeah, I just really want to expose, um, the podcast to as many people as possible and, and ask, um, you know, that people like keep a, keep an open mind and you can pick and choose and listen to what you you want to listen to, but I'm really trying to, um, to offer a lot to a lot of different types of people. So that's kind of my goal. So that's paleo magazine radio. Um, you can also find me on Instagram at the muscle maven. And I'm very, probably a little too active. That's probably my goal is I should do a better job of batching my social media. No, I love it. Not kind of spending too much time on there, but I am very, um, active and very responsive at the muscle maven. So if you have any, uh, recommendations for guests or anything you want to see in the magazine, like, please, please reach out. I'm always happy to talk to people about that. And then lastly, if you want to talk about coaching or anything else that I'm up to, I just launched my own website. So I'm super profesh now. It took me a couple years, but I did it. And, uh, my website is just my name, ashleyvanhouten.com. And you can send me an email there or just find out more about what I'm doing there. And by the way, for everyone, that's A-S-H-L-E-I-G-H-V-A-N-H-O-U-T-E-N.com. Not an easy name. It might be easier to get to me through Great. the Muscle Maven on Instagram. Right. Well, also, we'll put the links in the show notes if any you want to go to the main podcast blog for, for the Primal Blueprint podcast. Thank you so much for coming on. We'll definitely have you on again. And um, anything you'd like to leave for our audience? Uh, just that I am, I'm extremely grateful to be on the podcast. I can't say enough how cool it is to be here talking to you and thank you for giving me the opportunity to kind of talk, um, cause I love to do it. And, uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm just excited to see what comes next and see what else we can learn and hang out and have a dance party with you again next year at Paleo Fest. <laughs> I, I hope so. And also, you know, thank you, but your energy is great too. You know, I think for anyone listening, we really, tr- we actually really love this stuff. We love talking about it. We love geeking out about it. Um, and it's just fun for us, you know? And Absolutely. so we're glad, we're glad you enjoy listening. Check out, uh, Ashley's podcast, paleo magazine radio, uh, amazing. And also I hope you have a wonderful day. Yeah. I hope it's not the, the next time I see you is not Paleo FX, maybe hopefully beforehand. I know, right? Um, I need to just come to the West Coast. I mean, obviously, you you have it sorted out. You're in the right place. <laughs> you know, I mean, I feel like it was a great decision. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not going to lie. I think that's pretty The nice more idea. I'm over there, the more I'm like, I got to do it. Yeah. Yeah, and Austin was really fun, too. What a great city. So good. It was wonderful. All right, well, have a wonderful day. Thanks so much, Ashley Van Houten, everyone. Thanks, Al. So Chris Kelly, Nourish, Balance, Thrive, we're, we're talking about health and you're telling me a funny story about your picky four-year-old daughter that won't eat unless there's Primal Kitchen uh, condiments on the table. It's true. My daughter will not eat unless there's f***ing the Primal Kitchen Wilder. <laughs> it's, it's this cute thing, actually, she does. We have a local state park called Wilder Ranch. Oh, yeah. And uh, she calls the ranch dressing Wilder Ranch dressing. Which <laughs> we, 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 there's no way we're going to correct her on that. It's just too <laughs> so so endearing. Uh, how old um, is she? She's four. Oh my gosh. So she likes like the mayo on a Oh yeah, she so she loves those sort of, we love them as well. We have uh we, we eat them all the time. We eat the mayo, we eat the balsamic, we eat the the ranch, um the avocado oil we use all the time. And and so, you know, that's completely genuine and I don't mind talking about that because you took the pain in the ass out of condiments. I really appreciate that. What an authentic spot from Chris Kelly at Nourish, Balance, Thrive. And yes, Primal Kitchen, you can call it Wilder Ranch Dressing if you want. <laughs> and uh, we'll send five cents of the proceeds over to that beautiful state park because they're, they're trying to make ends meet in Santa Cruz Mountains. Thank you very much, Chris. <laughs> it's my pleasure.